guys. Welcome back to another episode of Marlins 9. I'm your host, Jeremiah Geiger. And today is the real first true off-season podcast. Last episode was a 2023 season recap of this, you know, magical postseason run for the Marlins with Kyle Seeloff, voice of the Marlins, over on Marlins Radio Network. And real fun episode but today is a solo pod and just kind of gonna get right into it by first off saying we are in the off season a couple weeks removed from the world series and teams are now starting to fill managerial um spots start looking at you know picking up team options declining team options starting to look forward to 2024 and constructing their team's roster and put themselves in a position to compete. And that all starts with the ownership and the front office. And Kim Ang, the former Marlins general manager, um, and the Miami Marlins have parted ways. And it so begins a new era of Marlins baseball. And the new president of baseball operations, Peter Bendix, is coming to Miami from Tampa Bay and is now in charge of continuing the success that Miami found in 2023 and continuing to build the foundation for ultimately a championship team to put Miami in a position to get back into the playoffs. Peter Bendix is over from Tampa, and he's ready to work. Bendix had been in Tampa Bay since 2009 and started as an intern, worked his way all the way up to becoming general manager, um, and is now over in Miami to be the top dog over here. Could not be more excited for this hire. And I'll tell you why. It really boils down to when you look at the situation that Bendix was in while he was during his time in Tampa Bay and the situation that he is now found himself in. You know, the movie Moneyball, the whole Brad Pitt movie with the Oakland Athletics, Billy Bean, back in the day, the whole using analytics and small ball tactics to field a winning team, even though you don't necessarily have, A, the most talented roster, or B, the resources, financial resources, to construct the most talented roster. And you seek every advantage, every analytical advantage you can in order to construct a roster that can compete for a championship. That is what Tampa Bay does. They really follow that money ball mentality of we do not spend a lot of money and we won't spend a lot of money. Our payroll will always be at the bottom of Major League Baseball, but we're still going to compete. And that's what they do. That's what they do. Year in and year out, the Tampa Bay Rays find themselves looking at a 
you know, bottom three payroll in all of baseball in terms of in terms of millions of dollars allotted to to their players, and yet find themselves winning ninety plus games. And Peter Bendix, since he has been with the organization in two thousand nine, has been involved in this uh, in this operation. He has seen firsthand how the Rays do it. That he has seen this winning mentality that they possess and Bruce Sherman and the Marlins saw that in him and wanted that to be a part of Miami moving forward and Bruce Sherman the owner of the Marlins said it himself he said we're not going to have the 29th payroll like you did in Tampa over here you'll have some more resources Bruce has said it before He's willing to spend, but he wants to win, and he's got a guy who I believe is ready for the challenge and is going to do whatever it takes to build to build this team. He's an analytical guy. He's got that he's got that advantage when it comes to saber metrics and statistics and analytics. He's going to be among the best when it comes in that category, I believe. Um, and I'm really excited to see this new chapter of Marlins baseball, how this works out. You know, at first when Kim Ang left, I was shocked. I was shocked that, you know, right off the bat, the Marlins didn't do everything in their power to retain her. But it turned out it was very... Um, you know, she had a lot of say in it and the she had a different vision for where she wanted to go in her career and a different vision for what she wanted in this organization than Bruce Sherman and the Marlins front um ownership was willing to to give up and allow her to take complete responsibility. In comes Peter Bendix. Let's get this show started. We, he has a good foundation. This isn't a a you know dumpster fire of a team. This isn't a bare bones roster, you know, just off the scrap heap. No, the Marlins made the playoffs in 2023. And they have visions of continuing success. That's the that's the key right there is consistency. Yes, you made the playoffs in 2023. What are you going to do in 2024? I want to get back to the playoffs. As a fan of this team, the ultimate dream is to win a World Series championship. How can this organization get there? How can this team get into the postseason again and win the whole thing? And that's going to be Peter Bendix. As the, as the president of baseball operation, that is going to be his goal. Could not be more excited. I want to talk about uh, the free agent market. And the most obvious um, positions of need, if you will, when it comes to the Marlins roster heading into next year. Shortstop and catcher. Shortstop and catcher. Two positions who... All year, if you've listened to Marlins podcasts and related content, 
fans were not very happy with the lack of production from the catching from the catcher and from shortstop. Um, two very, very important positions in Major League Baseball, obviously, when it comes to defense. But offensively, it really turned into a black hole behind the plate. And at shortstop, the Joey Wendell um, trade and experiment over at shortstop really never panned out. It turned out that he, he just couldn't hit well enough, especially in year in 2023, just was not hitting. And it looks like the Marlins will not retain him for a third year. Um, after a really, really poor season, hitting almost 200, even 212, but just a terrible year offensively for Joey Wendell um, and a disappointing end to his Marlins career. It looks like they'll be going in a different direction. And the question now is what direction will they be going in? This is a question that I'm really interested to see Peter Bendix and the Marlins front office approach because you look at the free agent market and there's not a real star studded list of names to, to see Tim Anderson is a guy who I'm really, um, I'm really, uh, I don't know. I don't even know the right word to say to describe. I am hesitant to be on the side of Marlins fans saying, let's go after Tim Anderson, let's give him a contract, he'll be our free agent. Because of the way he fell off. The man fell off a cliff when it came to offensive production in 2023. Especially, especially power. Especially his power numbers. They say that the power is the first to go when it comes to to declining offensive production. Well, he had one home run in 493 at-bats in 2023. Um, just, it, it, it's gone. His power is gone. Um, and now the average is starting to tank. Down to 245. And you think that this might be a just just a fluke, an outlier, and obviously if the Marlins go after Tim Anderson, I hope it is, but I'm hesitant for this front office to commit a large contract to a guy who struggled and who declined so much in one year. However, at catcher, there is a guy who I want. I want Mitch Garver free agent to be a Miami Marlin. Jacob Stallings experiment blew up. Nick Fortes is not a starting catcher. He is very limited offensively. Stallings is he might be the worst catcher I've ever seen. Uh, he might he he's worse than Jeff Mathis. I I would rather have Jeff Mathis than Jacob Stallings. He is that bad. And ever since the Marlins traded JT Ramuto away, it has been an absolute disaster behind the plate. Go out and fix this. Go get yourself Mitch Garver. 19 home runs, 
270 average. Um, just a breakout season for for Texas, part of the World Series winning team. Um, you know, and he's not going to command a, a huge contract, but why not? Why not go out and get Mitch Garver? He's somebody that got real good power numbers. Um, you go back to 2019, he had 31 home runs in 93 games. Like, he's got incredible power. And, you know, hitting 270, that that's like unheard of average for for Marlins catchers over the last few years. So Mitch Garver would be a guy I would take an eye on and just take a look at heading into 2024. He would be my number one catching target for the Marlins. Love to see that guy in a Marlins uniform. Now we're going to talk about pitching. And give me one second. I'm going to grab a sip of water real quick. Give me a second. My my voice is starting to lose me. It's it's late at night here, so let me get a sip of water. All right, I'm back. Um, sorry, sorry guys. So for pitching, you're out. You're down your ace. You're down your number one, your ace, Sandy Alcantara, is done for the year. Tommy John surgery is going to miss all of 2024. There's a lot of questions when it comes to the starting pitching staff and and how they are going to be constructed. Jesus Luzardo, breakout season, awesome year from Luzardo. He'll be in there. He He's going to really slide in to be the number one, number two guy for this pitching staff heading into next season. Yuri Perez, barring injury, this young star is on his way to becoming the next great Marlins pitcher. Braxton Garrett, can he continue his newly found success? I love Braxton Garrett and his rebound story coming back from being an, an afterthought in the in the Marlin system, a former first round pick who turned into a spot starter, long man, reliever, and then said, you know what? Nah. And went out and had himself a career year. Love to see him continue his success. So we got Luzardo. We got Yori, who is a bona fide star in the making. He is a young ace right there. Braxton Garrett. And then you start looking. You got you got Trevor Rogers, who is on his on what he will be back from, from his injury. You have Edward Cabrera, who was optioned in 2023 because he his consistent lack of control. And then you have guys like Max Meyer. Okay, nobody's talking about Max Meyer, but he's flying under the radar. Former third overall pick in the 2020 draft. Much anticipated Major League debut a couple years ago. Lively fastball, biting slider, you know, 
ever people forget but everybody was excited for his debut like everybody was looking forward to it gets hurt goes on the injured list eventually has to get tommy john surgery he's healthy he will be healthy in the spring of 2024 he's all ready to go is he a guy that the marlins are going to give an extended look for the rotation or is he somebody that is more suited for the bullpen and closer type role I don't know. I don't know. Because you then then you look at the closer and Tanner Scott, I think, nailed it. I think Tanner Scott's the guy. He proved that this past season. So it's going to be interesting to see there. Max Meyer is the guy to keep an eye on. Flying under the radar, guys. He is flying under the radar. And now this, this is going to bring me into the last player I'm going to mention today. Controversial, yes. Um, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. He is meeting with teams, according to Sports Illustrated, and he's pursuing his MLB return after pitching in Japan. He has his um, lot of, of hate directed his way. A lot of you know, controversy over the last couple years. But Trevor Bauer, the talent is undeniable. The issue is the off-the-field issues coupled with the -the off-the-field publicity. And I will say this. I will say if you are guilty in any way, shape, or form of you of sexual assault, sexual crimes, domestic violence, anything towards women, you're a piece of shit, and you don't deserve anything. And you should have the full repercussions of the law. I have absolutely zero tolerance for any of that shit. But if you are accused falsely, then there should be no repercussions. And I feel like that is a completely fair statement. And I'm not going to get into talking about whether he was guilty or whether he was innocent. That's the, this isn't the debate of analyzing the case or talking about the sexual assault allegations. Is she lying? Any of that. I'm not getting into that today. What I'm talking about is from a baseball perspective. If Trevor Bauer, we live in America where you are innocent until proven guilty of a crime. And if Trevor Bauer is legally able to pitch um, and there's no repercussions legally or, you know, he's awaiting trial for something. And if everything is cleared up and this is he's he is clean he's ready to go back into the majors then i would like to see the marlins go after him he has got that talent and could be such a huge piece of this rotation i mean yes he has not pitched in major league baseball since 2021 
But I could, I would like to see the Marlins take a flyer on him because I do not believe I've seen this in football in ruining somebody, uh, someone's life, someone's career over allegations. Actions, yes. Yes. If you are guilty, if you did any violence towards women, you're, you're, you're horrible. You know, you're a piece of shit. You deserve nothing. Like I said, full repercussions. But if they are based on allegations, okay, that is where I have a problem with. If Trevor Bauer is not allowed to pitch in the major leagues based on allegations that have been cleared, that he has been cleared from, and his name is innocent, he should pitch. And I I am in favor of seeing the Marlins target him as an addition to the to the pitching staff. It would be huge. Anyway, that's it for today, guys. Thank you all for listening, and as always, go fish.